way. It's not just Jesus. He said he's the way, but you got to know what makes him the way. It's his cross, amen? Without his cross and faith in his cross, faith in what he did there, he can't be my way. We have to go by way of the cross to be in Christ and to follow Christ. Jesus taught us that himself. If, if any man come after me, he's got number one, you got to deny self. The result of true self-denial is taking up the cross. It ain't denying yourself of a three musketeer bar. You might not need that thing. I want one. You might not need that, but denying yourself of a pillow on your bed, sleeping on a wooden floor, not eating a three musketeer bar, that's not the result of scriptural self-denial. The result of scriptural self-denial is your faith exclusively in the sacrifice of Christ. Because only there will you find the power to deny self. We have no power in and of ourselves to deny ourselves. It takes the power of the cross of Christ for me to deny myself. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's look this morning again in Philippians chapter 2. Last Sunday we ministered a message titled The Work Within. And this morning we'll move on in that avenue under the Lord's leading, The Work Within. Why are we talking about the work within? Because it's the only place God works. It's within. He doesn't work without. He doesn't work. We're talking about scriptural, spiritual growth. Movement of the Holy Spirit. He moves us from the inside out, not the outside in. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes when faith comes by hearing the Word. If it does come and we mix faith with it when it comes by hearing, then our feet will be in it or we have not become a doer of the Word. We've deceived ourselves, James wrote, by just being hearers and not doers of the Word. When we hear the Word, but we don't do the Word, James said, we deceive ourselves. He didn't mention the devil. He said we deceive ourselves. Doers of the Word are the doers of the work. Amen. So it's all inside the heart. It's in the heart. God doesn't look upon the outward. He doesn't look upon the outward. He only looks upon the heart. He only sees what's going on in the heart. You can hide, I can hide from you what's going on in my heart to some degree. But I can't even hide that very good because the Bible says... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I will eventually speak what's really filling my heart. That's what's so good about social media. It used to say right up there, what's on your mind? And people get on there and they tell them what their heart's full of. That's why I preach the gospel on social media. 
But God works on the inside. Yes, he does. He don't work on the outside. See, it's quiet up in here. God works on the inside so that he can be expressed on the outside. Yes, amen. The church, and I used to be in it, I used to preach all that garbage, but the church, they're not really interested on what God's trying to do on the inside. They just want what they can get, everything on the outside. Amen. <clears throat> do you know that there's not one Blessing and God does bless us beyond what we deserve by far. I have a nice bed I sleep in every night under a nice roof where there's heat and cool air if needed. There's running water. We are blessed, are we not? But do you know that not one of those blessings that comfort our flesh bodies, talking about just our fleshly bodies, None of those blessings, not one of them can equip you or prepare you for spiritual anything. None of it. How tired we can go home now. That'll give you enough to think about all week. That bed I sleep in cannot prepare me or equip me, although it is a blessing from God. The good meal that I might have today won't equip me or prepare me for what I need spiritually, although it will be a blessing from the Lord. But God is trying to work in me because it's the only place he works. People running around talking about, ooh, I wonder if that's a sign. God's given you a sign. He gave his son. He put his son to death on a tree so that we could die to who we once were and become a new creation in him. And that's the only work that God's working in us. The church don't know this. I promise you they don't know this or every preacher would be preaching it on the planet this morning. God is working in us. He's not working outside of us. He will bless you with something for outside, as we've discussed already, but what he's working spiritually only takes place in you. It only takes place in you. He's not working any spiritual anything on the outside. He's working in you. Here it is. Let's read it. Wherefore, Philippians 2 and 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, and Paul here speaking of their faith in the cross because it's the only way God sees them is obedient. That's right. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, not only while I was there, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling because it is God which works in you. Where is God working? In you. God is working in you, not outside of you, in you. You see, when you were born again, 
God moved inside of you so he could be where the work has to take place. He dwells in us by his spirit because it's in us where his work is going on. It's not on the outside. What's the song say? I got Jesus on the inside. And he's working on the outside, but that ain't really scriptural. I got Jesus. He's working on the inside. And I'm working on the outside. I'm working my own salvation out. Is that not what the Bible says? You work out your own salvation. Now, we can't do that without the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God is working in us that which has to be worked out of. God won't work with you in anything if it's not you working out of what He's working in you. He won't work out with you and it takes Him for us even to work out our own salvation. We can't do anything by ourselves. But we've got to work out. He won't work out with me anything that he's not working in me. You see, there's something that he's working in me. And if you remember the message last week, and we'll cover it again this morning before we move on, but there's only one thing he's working in you. He's not working love and joy and peace and goodness and gentleness in you. He's working death in you. Because out of that death comes the love and the joy and the peace and the gentleness and the goodness and the meekness and the temperance and the faith, the fruits of the Holy Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. He's working death in us because out of the death, see, if he's working death in me, then I can be functioning out of that death. And what functions out of that death is no longer I, but Christ. But I gotta be, I've got to be working out of what he's working in. I gotta be working out of what he's working in. If I try to work out of anything other than what he's working in me, then it's flesh. And now I'm just working on the outside. It's just me. God works with me if I'll work out of what he's working in me. We'll see it this morning. I pray, I've pray. i already prayed for all y'all this morning. Happy birthday, Brother Ken. God bless you. Yesterday. <coughs> Not today. I've already prayed for all of you. God's going to give you fresh eyesight today. I can't give it to you. Work out your own. You can't work out your wife's salvation. Quit trying. You can't work out your husband's salvation. Quit trying. You don't. You can't do it. Because it's God which works in you And what he's trying to accomplish in you by working in you is to get you to will and to do of his good pleasure. See, it takes your will. 
And it takes your choice to be in agreement with him to do. But you know what we need fixed? We need our will fixed. Because sometimes the Lord shows up and tells us to do something and we just refuse to will to do it. And at the end of the day, we say, well, I know I should have, but I didn't. You didn't want. I didn't choose to do it. I didn't will to do it. The Bible, you know, people get mad. It ain't about what you will. You can't save yourself. You can't will it. Man, you still have a will. Does not the Bible say whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord? You have a will. This ain't mysticism and magic. God's not going to just show up and save somebody. If he, if, he, if he did that, everybody would be saved. People must choose to believe. And when you got saved, you were one of those whosoever will. You chose to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you did, he saved you. But now, you know, now, this is so amazing too. Now that we're born again, now that we're Christians, our problem is not with God anymore. You had a problem with God. He had a problem with you. His wrath was against Curtis until I accepted what his son did for me at Calvary. <coughs> it was his wrath against me. That's God was against me. But now that I'm born again and there's no more condemnation coming from God, there's no more wrath coming from God, <coughs> I done found out the problem is within me. Every time I try to do right, there's something in me trying to make me not do it. God's no longer angry. God's wrath, His condemnation's gone. I am shame-free, guilt-free, justified, sanctified. Hallelujah. And God has accepted me into the beloved and now the problem that I'm finding is in in me. If you still focused on what's wrong everywhere in the world except what's wrong in you, I promise you, you ain't going to let God be a part of his working this death into you. If you're more focused every day on what's wrong with the world, then you got a full-time job. You too busy to be found where God's working, which is in you. Because, again, the problem we have now is not with God. The problem we done discovered is in us. And that's what this work of death that God's doing in us takes care of. See, it takes the death of Jesus even after you're saved by the blood of Jesus. You justified by the blood. The blood cleansed your sins. I mean, it didn't clean your sins. It cleansed you from your sins. The blood had a part to play, but his suffering had a part to play. It wasn't just his blood he poured out to cleanse you. It was his soul he poured out unto death. What, what's a soul? Mind, emotions, and will. It wasn't just his blood he pulled. That blood cleansed you and justified you. 
but his suffering unto death. The pouring out of his soul unto death. It's what your fellowship is in, his sufferings. Because only when you choose to suffer with him can you reign with him. 2 Timothy 2.12. I'm just quoting scripture this morning. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. That ain't talking about heaven. Because there ain't going to be no suffering in heaven. If we, and there ain't going to be no denial of the Lord in heaven. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. That's 2 Timothy 2 and 12. So the way I deny him is by not experiencing or partaking of the work he's doing in me. That's how I deny him. I can go to church every Sunday the rest of my life and be denying the Lord. I can read the Bible every day and be denying the Lord. Where he's denied is through my own works instead of the work, accepting the work he's doing. You see, we've been deceived by the devil too long as Christians to think that the work of Calvary was just to get me a designed, assigned spot in heaven someday. No, the work of Calvary, the shedding of that blood and that suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ is for my moment by moment living. Yes, amen. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's Christians walking with the Lord. And his blood cleanses us from all sin and all unrighteousness. That means I still need daily cleansing. I'm on my way to heaven, but I still need cleansing because I still sin. When you hear somebody say, I don't sin no more. God's working in you. But the work of God in you to have fruit means your will and your doing is going to change. You're going to start willing the will of God. You're going to start doing by the Spirit of God the will of God. Amen. So let's look at the scripture we covered last week, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 4, Verse 10. Thank you, Brother Greg. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. He doesn't say my. This is not just about Paul the Apostle. He doesn't say my body. He says our body. For we which are we, everybody say we, some Christians read this, well, that was just the Apostle Paul. That, no. Our, me, that's plural, that's us. We means us. We have, here it is, we which live are always, how often? Always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. See, it's for his sake. 
Why y'all got to preach the cross all the time? For Jesus' sake. Why ain't there nothing else no matter where y'all at in Genesis, Malachi, John? It don't matter where y'all at in the Word. Why y'all got to be talking about the death of Jesus for Jesus' sake? For Jesus' sake. You see, God does still have a few folk on the planet. Here and there, spots all over the world that still just believe, and I mean they believe it, it's not just on the sign or on the door. They believe that the preaching of the cross is the power and the wisdom of God. Amen. They believe it. Well, who are they? Well, they're preaching it. They're pointing you to it. Amen. When the money stops coming in, they're still preaching it. When folks start leaving, they still preaching it. Amen. That's what brought the folk in. It, don't let it be what makes you leave. That's what brought the folk in. Or was it not? For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Why? Why? That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. God, amen. So what does it take up to this point in verse 11 that we're seeing for the life of Jesus to be made manifest in this mortal flesh that I'm living in? What does it take for me to be able to have him manifest through me? It takes my acceptance of where the Holy Spirit is always delivering me unto. Where is that? It's not a hill outside of Jerusalem. It's where God's working that death. It's where God's working that death. Read it, verse 12. So then death works in us, but life in you. That's what God's working in us. Death. Amen. He's working death in me so that what comes out of me can be the manifestation of Christ and He can be life to others and then that work of death can begin in them also. God don't don't work nowhere but but out of the death of Jesus. Amen. Everybody know the story of Cain and Abel. Everybody know that God showed up and literally begged Cain to believe right. Which was, there's, there's your answers at the door of the sacrifice. God telling Cain, you can't bring to me the work of your own hands. I'll never be pleased with that. And if I'm not pleased, I can't accept you. God didn't say, okay, okay, well, I'll accept you anyway. No, he made him a vagabond and a wanderer. He got... And how many of you know that the lineage of Cain, it was his sons and daughters and his grandsons and granddaughters that, it, that invented all the musical instruments, all the forging of iron, all the the uh, cattle gathering and cattle ranching. It was all of that that Cain's descendants 
invented and begin to function in. But how many of you know what happened to Cain and all of that? It washed away in the flood. All the world's music, all the world's instruments, weapons. See, we're about to see it again. What was, the Bible says, will be again. <clears throat> so the Bible here says, death works in us. So this is not a secret. This is in our Bibles. Why does the church not want to hear this? And if he preaches this one more time, we're going to find another church to go to. <clears throat> I'll still be here when you get back. Well, I ain't coming back. Well, go out there and listen to what the little daycare lullaby preachers are preaching. They're the ones putting the church to sleep. If they're not preaching the cross, they're putting the church, they're just rocking the little babies to sleep. You know, if we don't preach the cross of Christ, it's because we're trying to control you. But because we preach the cross, we relinquish the right of control. Preaching the cross allows the Holy Spirit to take control wherever that soul will agree with God that what he's working is death and where he's working that death is in me because I'm still the problem. My wife might be a problem. Don't nobody tell I said that. Your boss might be a problem. That Bucket Sister Mouth, what's her name? What are we calling her? Sister Bucket Mouth may be a problem, but she's not your problem. You are your problem. If you were no longer a problem, then God wouldn't have to work death in you. You see, the death that's being worked in you is the answer of for everything you need. The death of Jesus is the power of God. The death of Jesus, which is, the Bible says it's the power and the wisdom of God. That way, if you will get in agreement with God in what he's working and where he's working, then and only then can you work out of what he's working in. And when you work out of what he's working in, it's the manifestation of the life of Jesus. Amen. This is what every marriage in America needs. This is what every school teacher needs. This is what every breathing human on the planet needs. This is what everybody needs to realize that God ain't working in that fan on the wall. He's not working in that. He may fix that fan, but that ain't equipping me for what's coming tomorrow. He may give me a nice bed to sleep in. I've been sleeping on the floor, floor for 40 years, you might say. And finally, God blessed me with a bed and a nice pillow. But that ain't going to help you on the inside. You've got to have help on the inside. The Bible says guard your heart with all diligence because out of it come the issues of your life. 
And if you just get in agreement and become a co-laborer with God, where He's laboring, in that that He is laboring, then you can work out the fruit of what He did for you at Calvary. And then husbands will be able to love their wives like Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. Then wives can find themselves submitted to their husbands instead of trying to wear the big boy wranglers. Because there you'll find big problems. I won't get into it. My flesh would like to. God is working in me. But see, most of the church will tell you that's true. That's true. God's still where? Have you ever said it? In a big boatload of ignorance, not even knowing what you meant when you said it? I have. Well, he, uh, uh, you know, he's not finished working on me yet. He ain't working on you. He's working in you. Amen. Well, God's not through with me yet. Come on, let's sit down and talk about that. What's that mean? Well, I don't really know. You're not going to leave this church today in ignorance concerning this any longer. you leaving here with something today. And here's the, here's the issue with that. To whom much is given, much is required. When you finally hear from the Scriptures that God ain't working outside of you, He's working in you, and if anything gets worked out of that, you got to have your faith in that which allowed Him to begin that good work in you, first of all, which was your trusting in the death of Jesus. Because that's the death that's being worked in you now. See, we don't preach a self-crucifixion. Jesus was crucified for me. I didn't crucify myself. Well, I would have never done that. You wouldn't have crucified yourself. But Jesus laid his own life down. His own sinless and perfect life. He laid it down. He didn't have a need personally to die. He had no sin. He laid his life down so that my life could be destroyed. See, he came to destroy the works of the devil, but he also came to destroy this body of sin. And when he died, God saw him tasting death literally forever person that would ever be on this planet and every heart who touches that believes under that work of righteousness, they're declared righteous by God. Robed in his righteousness, made a servant of righteousness, set on the path of righteousness. Hallelujah. And if we will let that work be what our faith is in, then God will continue to work in what he finished at Calvary. See, the work is finished. It's finished. You say, well, if it's finished, why does he need to work that work, that death in me? Well, the Bible says the lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. Then why did Jesus need to come up and do it? You get my point? 
It was finished 2,000 years ago, manifest on Calvary's cross, God in Christ reconciling sinners to himself, crushing the head of the devil, taking the power of death away from him in what looked like the most pitiful thing you'd ever seen. But in that, Jesus was destroying, humiliating all principalities and powers as a weak man. A weak man. The law says he was crucified in weakness. But he lives by the power of God. And this will help you today if you'll just ask the Lord to help you to see it because the cross is what we have to always look back to because when it looked like it wasn't working, it was working. When it looked like whatever power he had before, he ain't got it no more. He, there was a greater manifestation of the power of God in that what looked like had no power than there's ever been in the world. So when it looks like things ain't working out in your life, just know that God is trying to work death in you so that you can express what comes out of what the cross provided, the life of Jesus. If that's not the greatest desire you have is to manifest the life of Christ, then we're one of those Christians who are baby Christians and we're still stuck on just the basic principles. We're still stuck on just God, give me another bed. God, give me another pair of shoes. God, give me another car. God, give me another. And this is why Christians are stuck on the outer blessings and they're missing out. I ain't saying they not going to heaven, but they're missing out on where the activity of God is taking place. It's in us. He's working death in us so that he can finally see the expression of his son. The Bible says, I believe it does, that the, the whole earth is groaning, yes. waiting for the manifestation yes. of the sons of God. Yes. Well, let's do our part now. Our part is to express the Son of God. Hallelujah. And we can't do that. We can't do that unless we're working out of that death that God is working in me. Preachers this morning all over America with great swelling words offering empty promises of growth and maturity and deliverance without pointing to Calvary. Promises with great swelling words and the people are just amen, amen and they go home and they're excited about what they heard but nothing's going to happen because they're not being pointed to the place that allows God to begin a work, continue a work and Finish it in me. Hallelujah. Great swelling words are words that are empty. They're idle. They, they, they're not moving me toward that focus of God, which is the Lamb. So let's read this morning Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Because we like quoting this verse really about material things. 
And don't think that I'm preaching against God being a blessing God. He's blessed me beyond. I'm telling you, folks, I know what it's like for other people to have to feed my kids, buy my baby's diapers, eat out of food pantry. Most people don't know that about us. Most people don't know that that God had to provide for us when we couldn't provide for ourselves and we were in ministry. Not this ministry. And people read this verse, Ephesians 3.20, and just all, all we want to find, I won't say they, I'll say all we want to think about is what we want God to do on the outside. You know something James wrote? You have not because you're, you're not asking. Now you're asking and you still don't have because what you're asking for, you just want to consume it on your own flesh. Oh, if we could find the great treasure in this secret. That when you sell out to Jesus in his way of Calvary, God is able to work and when he's working that in you by his spirit you're working out of that well of salvation and there's fruit to be seen. Every person that knows you you ain't got to tell them who your preacher is and where you go to church. Amen. Like most Christians that's their testimony where they go to church and my preacher's name is listen I don't care if anybody knows me. I ain't nobody. I've told you for years, you don't need me, you just need Jesus. Amen. We need to get involved where God's co-laborers means you're co-laboring with the Lord. I believe what we're hearing this morning shows us really the root of how the rest of what you might imagine in your mind works. Going out, witnessing, going out and doing. If it ain't happening, out from where he's working death in us, then it ain't nothing but us. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. But it's according to something. According to the power that works in us. Oh, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above, listen to the words, above all that we could even verbalize or even imagine in our minds. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than that. But it's according to the power that works in us. The power that's at work in us, some would say it's the Holy Spirit, they'd be right. But the Holy Spirit only works within the perimeters of one's faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 2, could we look at that brother Greg tells us that in plain English. Romans chapter 8 verse 2 he, verse 2, that's a good one too, though. They all good. 
We don't live by bread alone, but by everything. For the law of the spirit of life. See, the spirit of life has a law he works by. He don't just work in anything. For the law of the spirit of life, where? In Christ Jesus. Now, the rest of this verse is going to define what that means. And where it took place. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Where did that happen? That happened at Calvary. Nobody's been made free from the law of sin and death that have not tasted of the same death by faith Jesus tasted of. You've got to have your heart surrendered to the death of Jesus for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And I know some people like to say, well, sometimes because the Holy Spirit's God, he can step out of that boundary. He won't. He won't. It's the law he won't deviate from. I hope you understand that. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And we ought to be asking and we ought to be thinking. I'm not listening this morning. Don't, th- don't leave out of here saying we shouldn't be praying about things we need. No, you should. The Bible says you better be. But the most important thing that you've got going on that's going to determine everything else that's going on spiritually. Yes. Spiritually. Amen. It's what you're allowing, allowing God to do in you. Yes. Because He won't overstep His boundaries. Amen. He won't overstep. He, he, if, he, if He did that, again, He'd just save everybody. And if he did that, we'd all just be tiptoeing through the tulips of holiness. And we'd all just be living in just complete victory. But ain't none of that happening. Because it still requires faith in his son's death. That's the redemption plan, the redemptive work. For grace to not only initially save me, but for me to have grace now multiplied to me. Abounding grace. Without the cross, it's not happening. So, if you need a better job, ask the Lord for it. Don't leave out of here saying, well, we ought not be focused on nothing on the outside. Brother Curtis thinks I might as well be living out by the pond in a cardboard box. Uh, ain't nobody said that. You'd be amazed at what people leave church and say the preacher said that he ain't said. Right. Wow. <laughs> Let me just give you a little uh, word of wisdom. If somebody's telling you what I said, especially you out there, If somebody's telling you what I said that you didn't hear me say, you don't believe it. Unless it's something I said you can read in here. Folk lying. Folk lying. They'll sit right here and leave church and say you said something you didn't say. So let me make sure we get it again this morning. 
If you need a job, ask God for a job. If you want a better job, ask Him for a better job. If you need a new car, I needed a new car one time. I was driving what I call a tire buster. Man, that thing, I had to put oil in it every week. Power steering fluid in it every week. Brake fluid in it every week. And somebody had it before I had. Little old bitty Ford Escort. Somebody had it before I had. I ain't making fun of them, but they must have always leaned over like this and they must have weighed a lot more than I did because every time I'd sit down, I'd just fall over in that seat. And it didn't have no AC. And I'd be wearing a suit to church just dripping wet. And then, on top of all that, had the car sitting up one day and somebody was weed eating and shot a penny through the window and knocked the window out. I said, what else? I put some cardboard and OD tape on it and went on down the road. But I remember one day driving up at home and saying, Robin, I ain't driving this car no more. I'll never forget it, living out there in the woods on a 500-and-something foot water hose bringing water to our house. I ain't told this story in a long time. God's been good to me. Well, got hit by lightning, 360 foot deep, melted the casing down there. I said, I'll just get the insurance to cover it. They said, you ain't got insurance on that. So we got 500 foot of water hose and strung it out across a power line, across a cow pasture, up into my sister-in-law's house and hooked into her well. Now, once in a while, I had to call her and say, is somebody parked on the water hose? Every once in a while, I'd have to go out in the pasture and shoo a cow off the water hose. And you didn't even have to turn the hot water on in June, July, and August. God has blessed me. But I pulled up in the driveway one day and I said, Robin came outside and I said, you see that car? I ain't driving that. I'm through with that. She said, what you going to do? I said, I'm getting me a new truck. She said, standing up on that porch out there, I'll never forget it. She said, hey, you going to do that? You ain't even got a job. (laughs) I said, I don't know, but I'm not driving that no more. (laughs) This is not, this is, this honest God's truth. We went to New Boston driving that little old tire buster up there. Now, I was proud of it, too, believe me, because I'd been walking if I didn't have it. But I didn't like it. And uh, somehow, on her little old job she had, you had one, didn't you? They let us trade that little old mosquito in for an eagle. And I got a brand new Dodge truck. Driving it home thinking, Robin said, how you going to pay for it? (laughs) I ain't making this up. And, and let me tell you something, something else. Don't go do this. That's right. That's right. Do not go do this. Correct. It may not work for you the same way. Because things don't always work out the same way. Well, I heard Brother Curtis say. And you did it and you went bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I hate making fun because we went bankrupt too at some other point. Literally. But this story, right after I bought that truck, the phone rang one day. Now this is 1999. And I'd been graduated out of high school 20 years at that point. I'll tell you how old I am now. And it was a girl on the phone I graduated high school with. She said, hey, Curtis, are you looking for a job? I said, get me. She said, they hired at Red River, and if you go out there tomorrow, they'll hire you. I wanted, man, I was like shouting John. I was like, hold, hold, hold on just a minute. Glory be to God. <laughs> I was, I was. I was like, I mean, how is this happening to me? And I went out there the next day and got hired at Red River. And God started paying for my truck. Now don't go do that. Because if it don't turn out that way, don't come blame me. But somebody, I don't know, I still don't know this day how that even happened. Beside God just took care of me. So don't run out of here today saying Pastor Curtis said we shouldn't be thinking about our bed, our pillow. Our, our. <laughs> God wants to take care of you. What I am saying is all the comfort and leisure blessings that we enjoy, can't none of it equip us or prepare us. You can't twist the words to make it be true. It's not. It can't happen. That's stuff that's outwardly that God don't mind giving us a pillow and a bed and a house and a spouse and a, a job. He don't, he don't mind. He loves to bless his children. But the church has gone focused on all of that instead of what he's doing on the inside. And that's why there's not much representation of Jesus manifestation of Jesus in the church today other than what we call our church building or our this or our that that people can see with the natural eye of all that God has blessed us with. What he wants to see is his son expressed. If we carry the testimony of Jesus and we're not expressing him, amen, then there's a problem. Now, I want to give you one more Bible verse today before we leave concerning this. It's in the book of Psalms. Psalms 111, verse 2. We'll close with this today. This really is a word from the Lord that He wants us all to take to heart, literally. Take it home. Meditate on this. Think about these things. Get in the scriptures again. Look at them for yourself. Don't just show up here and, 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 and expect me to put the only meat you'll have in your life here. There's more meat for you without the preacher. There's, there's more for you outside of what goes on in here. These meetings are important. They're more important than most people realize. <laughs> but it's not the end when we leave. There's always more that God wants to do and say and for you. Amen. Psalms 111, verse 2. The works of the Lord are great. Yes. Sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. When you finally learn 
that it's not all about the material blessing. Now, I know we'll say that, but let me say it again. When we finally learn that we don't just live by bread and bed and money, but we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When we learn where the work is, what the work is, and what the fruit will be, then it will be sought out by all those who have pleasure therein. Yes, amen. All those who come the way of the cross. I'm not talking about come to Crossway Church. I'm talking about all those that go the way of the cross. They deny themselves. They take up their cross. They follow Jesus. They, they allow God to work the death of his son in them because they see that's where they died to. So that out of that can come the fruit of Christ and not the fruit of our flesh. It's the only place that fruit can come from that's not our flesh. It's the only place. And when we learn this, then we begin to seek more of this. Look at what he says here. The works of the Lord are great. Where are they? They're in you. We're not, we're not in old covenant anymore. We're not putting blood on uh, altars and blood on people and blood on the Bible like they used to do. We're not doing all these outwardly things. The work under the new covenant is in the heart. It does result in out works. But there are works that are all found in Christ Jesus. And we're ordained to walk in them, Ephesians 2 and 10 tells us. But Psalms 111 verse 2 says, The works of the Lord are great. What is, what is a greater work than what Christ did at Calvary? It, it doesn't exist. All God's works, plural, that are great are all based on what Jesus did at Calvary. That's the way God set it up. That's why in the mind, the plan, the strategic layout of God before the foundation of the world, everything had already been stamped in the blood of the Lamb. Everything. Even in heaven, there's not one walking around right now in some glorified state, light shining off of him. The Bible says that there's one who has the appearance of a lamb who's been slain. Because he will carry that appearance upon his body throughout all eternity because that is the work that allowed God to even say, let there be light. It took the lamb being slain in, in God's strategic plan before the foundation of the world, before God could even say, let there be light, because he knew what we would do, what we would become, and he would already have provided himself a lamb so that he could deal with men, among men. He could save men and work in men and through men. And women, too, I'm speaking of. The works of the Lord are great. And they're sought out by all them that have pleasure therein. Do you have pleasure this morning at what God is doing in you? At the work of death He's working in you? 
The only way you can be pleased, the only way you can have pleasure in the great work of God is if there's fruit that will please you of what He's doing. See, it's the fruit of what He's doing that pleases us. Wow. The life of Christ is what we want to experience. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. See, when we see the fruit of Christ in our lives, we take pleasure in that. But we must know that when we see the fruit of Christ in our lives, it's not really what we think it is unless it's coming out of that death. Because the manifestation of the life of Jesus is not in that I went to church or even read my Bible or prayed all day long. The life of Jesus is only manifest through me when my heart is yielded to, Romans 6, 16, and touching, surrendered to the very object of faith that saved me. You must be trusting in the death of Jesus because that's the only place your union with Jesus is found. That's the only place that the heart can be upright before God. It's the only place. The cross, the church thinks, is just for saving me and getting me to heaven. But the cross of Christ saves me and it's such a great work that it just keeps on saving me. It first saved me from the wrath of God. Now it's saving me from me. Because I be the problem. And the people who are blaming everybody else for wrong, that everything that's wrong, it, the, the reason we do that is because we're avoiding the work that God is doing in us. It's the work of death. Well, that's not an exciting message, brother. Well, the cross wasn't exciting either. But it is the only move of God. I said it is the only move of God. All these people, what's it called? The Hebraic Hebraic Roots Movement. People setting up tabernacles and setting up all these things. And I don't have a problem with any of that as long as they're using it to exalt Christ and, and see and seeing that it was all just a type and shadow. But when they start thinking they got to do that to have a move of God, that's stuff they're doing on the outside. God don't move on the inside based on what we're doing on the outside. God moves within us based on what we're trusting in. Amen. That's how he started his work in us, right? He didn't save me because I went to church one day. I was in church for years before I got saved. Some people been in church 80, 90 years before they get saved. Are they that old? I don't know they've been in church that long. Are you seeking the works of the Lord? Do you know the works of the Lord are great? Are you seeking more of the works of the Lord? Because if you are, you got to know it's in you. That's where it's taking place. 
It's in you. That's where it's taking place. When we get in agreement with where God's working and what God's working, then we'll see what we thought it was all about to begin with on the outside. Let me see. You, you can't turn that around. You can't get busy for God and expect Him to change you and fix your inside. See, true ministry does not happen just because we go to church and get involved. True ministry is the ministry of the Holy Spirit working in us. See, we have to learn the hard way that you don't just put somebody in a position in church hoping they'll do it. You put people in positions because they're already doing it because that's what they are. Somebody who's a deacon, they just a deacon. Whether they got a position of a deacon or not, they a deacon. They serving. Amen. You don't hire a preacher hoping he might be a good one. You put a preacher in the pulpit because he's a preacher of the gospel. Amen. Well, we'll try you, brother. When I was in the Philippines, they brought in a whole line of men back there. They didn't bring them in. They come in with their own, all looking all nice. Everybody else in the whole place, uh, poor, and, and me up there preaching in short britches, and it's hot over there. And uh, they come in, stood back there, looking all elegant, and they didn't stay very long. And when they left, after it was over, somebody said, You see those men come in when you was preaching? I said, Yeah, I saw them. He said, they just came to size you up. I said, well, I guess that's why they didn't stay very long. Ain't nothing about me. Ain't nothing about me. It's all about Jesus and what he did at Calvary. You won't ever hear me ever saying it's all about Jesus without adding that second part. You won't ever hear me saying that because that will mess you up. That's right. Without the cross, you ain't got no Jesus. That's of the Bible. Amen. So when you leave this place today, God will have spoken to you. And he will have revealed to you that the work he does is on the inside. And the work, you don't even have to wonder what it is. Well, what's God working in me? Death, the Bible says. That's what he's working in me. Death. Because only out of that death he's working can come the life he offers. See, it's all about his work, his life, his ministry, his expression, his kingdom. It, all, it ain't all about somebody standing up behind a box. It's his work. His expression, his life, his kingdom, his rule, his everything. Jesus. Say Jesus this morning. Jesus. Rest of you try saying it. Jesus. Can you not even say Jesus this morning? Jesus. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the one who took our place and died. An awful death. So that that very death, God could work it in us to keep us out of the way. 
to keep me out of the way. Andrew said it on his scarlet thread last night. We don't die all the time. We've already died with him. <clears throat> we just have to reckon ourselves to be. You ain't got to die again. You already dead. You just got to live as though you have died. Would you stand with me this morning? It's all about Jesus.